Good morning, everyone. My friends, I apologize for that delay in the penitential. I couldn't remember if I was supposed to do the confidior or we were moving right into the curie. That's why I thought I'll wait for a moment and see if the choir pops right in there. And they didn't. They helped me by saying, I confess, Father. <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> My brothers and sisters, our first reading, Isaiah is um, he's putting forth a vision uh, and uh, with great words of hope to his community. His community was in very dark times. And he's putting forth that hope alive. And how much uh, does Isaiah's message need to be spoken in our world today? Uh, a message of great hope in the time when God will unite all nations. And there will be a time forever of peace and joy. St. Paul uh, is telling everyone uh, to turn away from darkness and to walk in light, to walk in holiness. And he uses the, the phrase, uh, wake up, uh, a wake up call. Uh, last night I told folks uh, back in Detroit would say, you need to find yourself and you need to get you some Jesus. Now, that would be St. Paul. Translation, 2019. You better find yourself, Christian person, and get you some Jesus. Meaning to be like him and walk like him. And that is how you are to be prepared. My friends, and our gospel speaks the same thing. It speaks uh, of a time of being prepared. Matthew's, uh, we've entered into year A. It's a new liturgical cycle. Uh, this is the church's new year. I know the calendar year will be January 1st, but this is the church's new year. And we will move into the gospel of Matthew. Uh, and if you uh, are unfamiliar with Matthew, I would say open up your Bible and read the introduction uh, to the Gospel of Matthew. Uh, if you want an abbreviated one on the back wall, you'll see an image of St. Matthew the Evangelist and his bio underneath. The Gospel of Matthew, um, there's uh, three different events are woven together in the 24th chapter of Matthew's Gospel. They are the coming of the kingdom of God, which means... Uh, Theologically means that God's rule upon the earth. That's what Matthew is getting at. The destruction of Jerusalem and its temple is the other theme. And the final one uh, is the second or final coming of our Lord Jesus Christ at the end of time. And uh, the event of concern in today's gospel, as you've heard, uh, is the second coming, as it is popularly called. Um, my friends, I looked back um, at this, our epoch, our time, our millennium. Uh, and um, in our time, um, many of the events of our world and, our, and local uh, made people come face to face with this issue of end times. And uh, for Christians to really uh, reflect on the second coming of Christ. And the world in general was very alarmed uh, by all the things that were going on and so many people put forth wild predictions about its nearness. Well, all those alarms have passed. And, um, but I think what was different, at least from a priest's point of view, was um, many, many people, especially younger people, um, for the first time in their lives, began to look at what is the second coming? What exactly is this? And um, it is... Nothing less than the return of the glorified Jesus at the end of time to bring salvation history to a close. He will right all things. And my friends, it is not meant to be a fearful day for believers. It is meant to be a day of great joy uh, for his followers. Uh, something, in fact, to look forward to. 
And Jesus speaks of the suddenness and the unexpectedness of his second coming. And we're told we cannot predict its exact time. We, uh, he said uh, in the scriptures that is only for the Father to know. But he tells us to be ready for it and to be prepared. And I've only been here five and a half years with you, but that is what I've been trying to do for you, to keep you in that prepared state. And uh, to do it uh, not with craziness and not with fear and no, just being prepared. Our Lord's words suggest that most people will be unprepared. When that day happens, people will be living just another ordinary day in their ordinary lives. That's what he's putting forth. He said in the days of Noah, they were just doing what they were doing. Uh, and um, so our Lord is saying that it will just be another ordinary day. Uh, in our lives. And for example, people will be uh, then in their cars stuck on I-5 <laughs> traffic um, on their way to work. Uh, they will be at their work doing work. <laughs> or they'll be having lunch with people. Um, some will be in the church uh, at Mass. Some will be uh, getting married in the church. Others will be at home worrying about this, that, and the other as they normally do. <laughs> Others will be watching the football game if that's the season. <laughs> Um, others will be hanging out with friends, being social. And uh, there is nothing wrong with any of these things. It's all part of the stuff of our lives. The scriptures generally support the thesis that such is what we should be doing in any event anyway. And that's what we were doing in our lives. Uh, but here's what the Lord is suggesting. Our Lord is suggesting that his final coming needs to be on our minds. And... Um, as the joyful possibility that today is that day. And um, no matter what else is on the agenda for you, um, if your day is, starts with prayer, Lord, if this be the day that you come, amen, hallelujah. Not, good Lord, i got to get this done. That No, 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 no. Amen, hallelujah. My friends, uh, last night I told, and I'm very careful about how I tell these stories because I never, never, never want to uh, put Satan in some kind of funny light. But um, our professors told us a story about um, three demons who go to Satan and they tell him, we are going to tell you how we're going to destroy the faith of humans. And one says, I will tell them that there is no God. And um, the second one says, I will tell them that there is no hell. It is the third one. The third one says, I will tell them there is no hurry that they have all the time in the world. And uh, go, says Satan to the third one, and you will ruin millions of humans' lives. And uh, there is no hurry, there's plenty of time. My friends, is uh, often how many of us feel, uh, but um, perhaps today more than ever, each day's agenda is so filled with so many things. Um, the thing that is not usually on there is our Lord's second coming. And uh, uh, you might say, well, Father, it's easy for you or you're the priest. Well, it should be on your minds also uh, because the second coming uh, not only refers to his coming in glory, but it also makes reference that we understand it as when he comes for you in your human death. And you do not know when that time is either. Right? So each day. Is this the day that you're coming? If it was me and I had more time, I'd bake cupcakes. <laughs> Here we go. He's not coming today. I will eat them all. <laughs> and I will make them again tomorrow. You see, 
with a sense of joy and hope, not with fear. My friends, we don't need any demon to tell us that there's no hurry about being ready for the Lord. Our frantic modern world makes sure that our minds are occupied by many, many other things. And this generation, then, is it unprepared? Well, if we were to look at everyone's schedules that are filled and uh, the loss of sense of personal sin and uh, the lack of faithfulness to our Lord's commands as the algorithms, uh, the answer would be yes, this generation is not prepared. The Lord's observation about being ready to confront the burglar uh, of your house is telling. Uh, my friends, uh, I've been watching all the shopping networks all weekend long, and um, there's a thing about uh, alarms and stuff. So um, the impression I got was everyone's homes are insured, and they have triple locks on their doors, and the ring company made the doorbells so that you can be anywhere and see who's on your porch because there's porch pirates. <laughs> uh, Arlo security, surveillance. And then I don't want to leave out, of course, Siri and Alexa and Google, all armed to the max and ready to come to your defense. All because of the treasures that are in your home. These treasures are not so much what those security companies are putting forth. The treasures in your home, of course, are your wife, your husband, your children. That's the true treasures. But I'm fully aware after watching uh, all the shopping networks that uh, also what needs to be protected is everybody's everythings. And some people have a lot of everythings in their house. And, uh, and it is a sign of how hard they have worked I don't want to present this in a negative, but so I get it. They've worked hard. Uh, often they are a very positive thing in measurements of how hard people have worked in their lives. But that's not what Jesus was talking about when he uh, put that parable forth. Uh, he's talking about the house of one's heart and faith. Surely it is to that house the Lord is very concerned. It treasures our salvation and love, and faith, already given by God through his grace, and made uh, a promise to by Jesus Christ, and the glorious fulfillment that will come. Those spiritual treasures represent the days and years, and the very blood of Jesus, building that house for you. Do you understand? His very blood has built that house for you. Neither Satan nor sin nor false values nor spiritual apathy should be allowed to destroy your spiritual house and leave it unprepared for the coming of your Lord and for the eternal glory that accompany him to which he is going to invite you in. Our Advent season is a time to reflect on the gift of the incarnation of God's faithfulness of his promises he has made and also that he will continue to make and of our future glory with him. We are forewarned of the suddenness of the second coming and that we need to be prepared. We are reminded that with the second coming, everything that is not of Christ will fade away, but that all who are in Christ will not. They will face a glorious future that 
even the human mind cannot comprehend. And here's that sense of hope that Isaiah would say. I think he would give Father a thumbs up. There you go, Father Mark. So my friends, the chief function of the season of Advent is to prepare us um, for Christmas. And that preparation is framed always in hope and love. However, to understand Christmas, we start by taking a look at the beginning with the history of salvation. God's plan of salvation is centered on Christ and realized through him. So we always look back uh, to the incarnation to see what God was going to do in the future through the second coming. So Abbott looks back at the promise of his first coming as announced with the hope uh, of the future to come with his second coming when God's plan will reach its complete fulfillment. And my brothers and sisters, this is a wonderful, wonderful uh, thing. I had very smart professors in the seminary, and one of them uh, put forth a test to us in the Advent season that I would like to give to you. And uh, he said, this will require your imagination. But he said, I want you to imagine that you have been told you have five years to live, and five years only. He said, I want you to make a list of what you would do with those five years. And then he went on to say, you can end the test there with the resolve to put into practice uh, the things that are on your list. If they be things that you truly would want to do in those final five years of your life. And then he said, and you should start doing them now. Because you do not know when that will come for you. But then, cleverly, he told us, if you are really courageous, and everyone wants to be really courageous, if you are really courageous... You will change the test by shortening the time. Make it five months. Make it five weeks. He said, even go five days, if you only have five days left. Then he said, now see what is on your list of priorities. He said, it will be shorter for sure, uh, revealing your true priorities. It will not be the same list of course, that you made when you knew you'll have five years. He went on to say more and more, the things on the original list will disappear, revealing your true priority. He said the hope is that the shorter list will have more and more of God and family on it and the things that you will do with them. And if this be true, he finally said, they are the very things that you should be doing right now very clever professor, very smart indeed. Maybe take that test, and then whatever's on there, <laughs> you will go and start doing that. Amen? Amen.